Hello everyone, how are you doing? You're very welcome to this week's Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Rafferty and the show is always kindly sponsored by Best Drive here in Roscommon Town and uh, I'd like to thank Best Drive for their continued uh, sponsorship of the show in 2022 and I look forward to um, I'd like to look forward to being sponsored the show sponsored by them in uh, 2023 and uh, yeah, so uh, we'd like to thank you all for tuning in uh, this week uh, this this week and uh, you know the final show before the Christmas and uh, yes so we're going to kick off we'll have we, we'll have loads of interviews uh, from from the past as well so uh, plenty of you to look, plenty to look forward to in the show today uh, but we'll kick off as we do as always and uh, noting that this uh, this show is pre-recorded um, myself and Martin we're looking forward to we're looking forward to the uh, Premier League starting after Christmas but uh, the small matter of what was a fantastic World Cup final Martin Yes, the FIFA World Cup 22-2 in Qatar is over. And uh, it was worth it in the end. What a final. But we'll just get some of the results out of the way in case there's people out there who just doesn't follow the results. But here they are. Uh, last Saturday was Croatia 2, Morocco 0. That was for the third place. So well done to Morocco and Croatia. Uh, they get the, uh, the bronze medal, Croatia do. Um, and then we had the spectacular final, the World Cup final there last Sunday. Argentina 2, France 2 at full time. It went to extra time. It went 3-all then. And then it went to what I would always call the dreaded penalties. And Argentina came out trumps with a 4-2 wins, uh, 4-2 win uh, on penalties. And they are the world champions for the third time. The scorers on the day, that man Messi... He scored two goals. Dea Maria as well scored a goal. And of course, you can't keep not mentioning Mbappe. Even though he lost, he scored a hat trick. Yeah, and he also um, got the uh, he also got um, he also got boot. an award as well. Got so the golden boot. Messi yeah. got the golden ball. ball. Um, great final. I mean, yeah. Aiden. I mean. It's the, believe it or not, that was the only game I watched live, and I'm glad I watched that only because it. it, I, wanted, it I wanted Argentina to win purely for Messi, but at the end of the day, you always have to think, well, that's not the way it always works out. But when they were cruising there at 2 0 up, what, with about 10 minutes to go, and then suddenly France were back, and Mbappe scored a penalty, stupid penalty to give away, and then a terrific goal on the volley. Uh, to be a very good goalkeeper as well. Yeah, um, definitely, yeah. And suddenly, out of nowhere, I have to say, Argentina, in many ways, didn't deserve to be pulled back at that, but that's the game of football. And I feared for Argentina then, because suddenly France seemed to be going it. They had chances, but then Argentina started playing well again. Yeah. And um, they had chances as well, and then, of course, went into extra time, and then that man, Messi, not to be denied, he was quickest to react when... Uh, the uh, uh, French keeper had done a brilliant save and he was the first man on the scene to put it in and uh, thank God we've got goal line clear, uh, uh, technology now matters, because yeah. years passed brings back memories of the 1966 World Cup it might have been disallowed then yeah, but it was true. clearly out of the line but uh, another penalty uh, you know, it's, it's uh, like the World Cup final of penalties isn't it the yeah another penalty you kind of feel for the defender but the rules are the rules you can't be sticking up your elbow and your arm out yeah. so it's an unorthodox position or an unnatural position many people watching it probably didn't even see it uh, 
have to give praise to the referee because he, yes, like any referee, he made some errors, but boy, he the big ones, he made the right decisions and uh, he spotted it straight away and gave the penalty. And uh, of course, Mbappe, a master at taking penalties, took it, converted it. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I thought Argentina was going to get over the line until then. And then the dreaded penalties. And uh, I must say, I feared for when Mbappe took the first penalty, I thought he ain't going to miss. He just doesn't miss. But I did fear for um, Messi. I thought this could be this could be the, the where it all goes wrong. And what a very, I don't know, spectacular, cool. Did he make an error in the penalty? He literally stroked it in. And it just barely went past the boot of Lloris in, Lloris in goal. Yeah, did you see it? He's like, had a good World Cup as well. Yeah, yeah, but I couldn't it. believe that penalty because, I don't know, did he deliberately do it? Because he waits for the, the goalkeeper to go. But he had no hardly any pace on it. And it, it's like slow motion, seeing the ball go in the back of the net. And I thought, that, that was a big obstacle for him just to score. And, of course, uh, the rest is history. Penalties, uh, Mar Martinez in goal made himself look twice as big as he normally is. Brings me back memories when he played for Arsenal and he was not getting in the first team mm. uh, when he should have really been when there was a player, a goalkeeper ahead of him, Leno, which was not good enough. Like, I mean, if they didn't... It's almost like what could have been for Arsenal in the sense that, uh, you know, if they hadn't sold him and he was the first-choice keeper... They probably wouldn't have bought Ramsey, or they wouldn't because Ramsey is too good for to be second choice keeper as well. Yeah, so yeah. you would have had two world class goalkeepers. Yeah, well, no, yeah, they've keepers. missed out there because now Villa have a World Cup winner. Yeah. So I'm presuming he's playing this weekend. So uh, no, fair play to him because he, he won the FA Cup with Arsenal. But anyway, we won't talk about Arsenal. This is obviously about, about uh, Argentina, Argentina and I suppose uh, the Messi legacy. Um, I'm so glad he's won a World Cup because. And, and, and what performances he put throughout the World Cup, he actually played better and better every game. Mm. And for a 37-year-old, I think he is. And I think uh, the, the thing is, when, when you look at it, he got man of the match nearly in, in, in every match throughout the World Cup. Not many players can do that. And I mean, this is when you when you think of Mbappe, like and how, how brilliant he is. But yeah. I suppose that there are a lot of when you think about the World Cup, there are a lot of amazing stories. I suppose Martinez, what a class keeper, Morocco. They have to be the story of the one of the yeah, stories yeah, of the definitely. one of the stories of the of the team. Modric, I suppose, his last game as well. It was nice to see him them getting a third and for him getting a, another medal, albeit a third place medal. Um, at no, least he the, gets something the, uh, before he signs out. Yeah, and the Argentinian manager, whose name I cannot think of it right now. Uh, it wasn't so long ago that he was uh, manager or of, of a school team. There you go. So it just goes to show you, and I suppose, obviously, the the, the other story is uh, Messi, captain. He got the he got the golden ball, and he got uh, I think he got man of the match as well. What a phenomenal player! It's sad to see him going off into the sunset. Well, I know that I know they're trying to keep him on, but uh, yeah, it, I, I'd, I'd rather now let him go, and at least he's got his World Cup medal. I mean, you look at the France team; they nearly stole it again. They nearly yeah. won it. Um, and we would have been talking about Messi not winning the World Cup now. That's it. And I mean, when, when you look at this final as well, it was uh, it was just you know both teams were just so even in in every section. I mean, you know, it was there was only a width of paper. You know, 
they, they were nearly a carbon copy of one another, and uh, you know, it, it, it was, it was. I think even on the Saturday night, I was saying that that could, that'll probably that'll go to at least extra time, if not penalties. Mm. But I had, uh, you know, the way you'd have a good feeling that it'll go to penalties and so approved because both teams were so just so brilliant and uh, well, deservedly I mean, got to the final, both of them. Yeah, I mean, to me, like I said, up to about eighty minutes, it was only one team. Yeah, and then for the rest of the game, extra time. It was tit for tat. Yeah, either team could have scored. Messi but could both have scored. Teams had their, had Martinez their, had yeah. that brilliant save at the end of I can't remember. Was it full time or extra time? No, he stuck out the leg. Yeah. Um, and people were saying, "Oh, the the first penalty France got wasn't a penalty. It was a penalty." Mm. Um, but nah, just brilliant. Best team won in the end, though. That's it. And yeah. I mean, uh, it, it was that sort of game where I suppose both teams cancelled each other out, but. Both teams had their purple patches throughout the game as well. But I think, you know, maybe when it came to the penalties, the players were very... T- the French players, like, you know, for the two misses, maybe they were, you know, at that level, mental strength is everything. And it's, uh, yeah. you know, you know, it's it's defined. I mean, Harry Kane found out, found out all about that. Big matches, pressure moments yeah, yeah. can be won, and matches can be won and lost in those. And unfortunately, you know that that's that's kind yeah. of what happened. But I suppose the the one thing about Mbappe, there's always the next. He has the next um, World Cup to look forward to, and the, the European Championship. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everyone expects him to win another World Cup, but that's not always the way it works. Um, I think what stands out to me in that World Cup final of previous Argentinian teams was their resilience. Yeah. Normally, a team that would 2-0 up and suddenly find themselves 2 all suddenly under the cosh, would collapse. But no, there, there, there was something about it, and I have to believe it was a thing of the willpower that these players wanted to be part of this Messi thing, where yeah. Messi won the World Cup with the Argentinian team. And I, I, I have no doubt that's what got them through, because the, they had no doubt they had resilience. They kept, They never gave up. They kept fighting. Not so much of this diving business going on like we used to see in other World Cups. Mm. That's kind of quite a lot of that's gone out now, but uh, just brilliant, brilliant. It was a, I mean, it was, it was a <laughs> it, by 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 its nature, it was a physical encounter too between the two teams, wasn't it? There was a lot of well, there was no hanging back. But, yeah, but the, yeah, they had a good referee, kept the control of the game. And so you didn't have any real bad incidents, and uh, just a good game. I, I still think of the, um, I think it was the second goal for um, Argentina, and uh, um, Messi flicked the ball around one of the, on the outside of the boot out to the wing, and uh, McAllister yeah. uh, of Brighton. And that's another gr- story there. Now you know another World Cup winner going back to play for Brighton now, uh, and McAllister put the ball on the plate. For um, uh, what's his name? He scored the first goal. Um, Alvarez, was it? No, no, sorry. Um, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, I'll think of him now in a minute. But uh, just, just great, Dan Maria. So yeah, so I'll, I'll be. I kind of be interested to see now the football f- Premiership over the weekend. Players, obviously, there won't be too many, but there's at least what one, two. Two, I think of that's going to be probably having their gold cup medals on parade, or maybe yeah, there's the, going to be a, yeah. especially teams like Brighton and Villa. 
You know, I'm sure there's other teams as well. I can't think of them. You know, so I'm sure there'll be there'll be uh, you know that they'd have gotten back to Argentina and they'll be going through in an open top bus. And uh, oh, yeah. of course, the, the the scary thing about it is as well, and people might have forgotten this: Ireland are actually playing France in the first World Cup qualifier in March. Or the European qualifier in March. So, um, well, how are, how are Ireland going to handle well, him? Hopefully, they um, perform. They perform well. Uh, we don't know if Messi's going to be there. Probably won't be. Yeah, they're playing France. Yeah, Ireland are playing sorry, France. Sorry, so, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah Argentina. So, well, Mbappe will probably. Be yeah, there. so it's 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 going to be interesting to see like yeah. how we're going to get around Mbappe. But look, that's that's to do yeah. with March. But, but anyway, uh, we we better move on to uh, as I said, there's. Uh, Normal club football has resumed. We had the EFL Cup there on during the week, and uh, there's even a game tonight, uh, which we'll quickly uh, mention as well. But uh, there on Tuesday, we had Milton Keynes nil, Leicester three. And for, for last thing to say on the World Cup, we'll see you in USA. That's there where the are. next World Cup, and watch out for the USA team. They'll there make are. great strides now in the next four years. Yeah. And who do you pick to win the World Cup? Four years ahead, Aiden. We've heard it here live or can, recorded. Can, can Argentina do, do win two World Cups in a row? France did it, 98 and uh, 2002. Yeah. Who are you going for? Uh, well, who knows? Um, they'll, they'll have, uh, they'll, they'll have uh, Messi's, uh, Messi's uh, apprentice uh, through by that time. Um, jeez, uh, I'll. God, it's tough. I, I'm going to say between. I'm going to stand on the fence. I'm going to say like I did this time. It's going to be between Brazil and, and Argentina. Right. I'll go. I, I, I don't think France will win it. Mm. I don't think Argentina will win it. I think England will win it. Remains to be seen. I'm there to be shot at. Or maybe keep it on record though. Four years time if they win it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, dark horses Morocco. <laughs> they won't be there. Anyway, um, EFL Cup last uh, on Tuesday with Milton Keynes nil, Leicester three, Newcastle one, Bournemouth nil, uh, Southampton two, Lincoln City one, Wolves two, Gillingham nil. Wednesday we had Blackburn one, Nottingham Forest four, Charlton nil, Burnley nil. Sorry, Charlton nil, Brighton nil. So Charlton won that four three on penalties. Man United two, Burnley nil. And then Thursday tonight we've got a good game. Uh, Man City are playing Liverpool, so it'll be interesting to see what lineups them both them teams uh, put on the pitch. Considering there is games coming up over the Christmas yeah. weekend, women Champions League results: Fellas uh, nil, Chelsea four. Uh, there on Wednesday, Zurich 1, Arsenal 9, so that puts them through to the next round. There is another game tonight for Chelsea as well. They're playing PSG at home, so that'd be an interesting game. And then we've got the Premiership returns after, what was it, five oh, weeks, yeah. six weeks? Can't remember now. Uh, back in November, wasn't it, Aiden? Yeah, that's Only right. seems a while ago, but uh, the World Cup has uh, moved on and we're back into the Premiership. So the first game coming up tomorrow... Oh, sorry, not m- tomorrow. Uh, on Monday, the 26th of December, we've got Brentford, who are 15th at the moment, are playing Tottenham, who are 4th. So we've got a, a derby going on here, a London derby. Uh, they've only met twice in the Premiership. Spurs taken four points um, last season. And this match was a 0-0 draw back in April of this year. Brentford only won once for Spurs in the league altogether and that was 1948 in Division 2 B's only one defeat in the last seven Premiership matches or home Premiership matches this season so Aidan Brentford v Tottenham I'm going to go for Tottenham but I, I think 
you remember like before before uh, the World Cup we were saying that it's going to be a strange set of results uh, the, the last round the last round of Premier League results games before the World Cup was going to be there's going to be a few surprise results and that proved to be the same that proved to be it I think this could be the same uh, after the World Cup because players will be probably tired after the World Cup but uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Spurs, though. I think it's... OK, I'll the, probably go for Spurs as well. Next game, we've got Crystal Palace, who are 11th, against Fulham, who are 9th on 19 points, so they're both on the same points. Uh, Eagles took four points off the Cottages last season, uh, with this match last season being a nil-nil draw. So, Palace-Fulham, another London derby, Aiden. Um as I said, there's, there's, they're on both on 19 points, but uh, Fulham are on two positions above on ninth compared to 11th, probably due to goals. Palace, Fulham. This is going to be an interesting one, but I've an inter- like I've, I've, I've an inkling for uh, for Fulham on this one. Okay. I'm going to go for Fulham. Now my predictions are at the end of this thing, but I think I'm going for Crystal Palace on that one. Then we've got Everton, 17th, only on 14 points against the bottom club, Wolves, who are 20th. They've only got 10 points. They've lost the last four out of five games. Wolves done the double over the Toffees last season. Wolves have the second worst away form in the Premiership at the moment. They have not won an away away from home this season only other premiership team with no away wins is Nottingham Forest Lampard's Everton only one win in the last seven premiership matches Wolves only one win in the last nine premiership matches so you could argue this is a uh, six pointer maybe Mm. Everton v Wolves Everton v Wolves um yeah, their luck is bound to change sometime. I'm going to go for Wolves. Yeah, they got the new manager will be uh, obviously there. I think I'm going for Everton on that one, Aiden. And then we've got... Uh, I'll double-check that at the end of this, yeah. if I've got that right. Uh, Leicester, uh, 13th in 17 points uh, <clears throat> against Newcastle, who are third on 30 points, win each... They both won each uh, their games last season too. The Toons winning at home back in April this year, 2-1, but losing the corresponding fixture, 4-0. Magpies have the third best away form in the Premiership, only losing once in seven away matches. Foxes have only conceded one goal in the last five matches, so a bit of a turnaround there for sure. Uh, And again, we go back to... Um, I suppose the confidence in the owners to keep Rogers when there seemed to be a lot of people baying for his blood. Um, we know Rogers is a good manager, yeah, uh, and uh, he seems to be doing a good job again there. So he seems to be like because I mean o- other clubs are very quick to fire a manager, yeah. But and I, I really do think that this decision by the owners will be rewarded because, yeah. uh, like you said, he's consistent, he's steady, like. You know, Rogers is steady, and uh, you know, as, as you just said there, he, he seems to be coming good. But we, we'll know more about whether it does or not at the end of the season. But uh, as you said, he's uh, turning the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Newcastle. Newcastle only one defeat in fifteen Premiership matches this season, Aiden. That was to Liverpool, and they were unfortunate to lose that game. Toon's best recent form in the Premiership at the moment, winning five matches on the spin, and unbeaten in the last ten matches. They have picked up 22 points out of a possible 
24 points. We're talking about a team that would be in form to win in the Premiership. Not Arsenal, Man City, I think, as the boys. They, they're the favourites still. So, uh, Leicester, Newcastle. I'm going to go for Newcastle on that. I know, um, you know, they've started uh, improving. Uh, Leicester City have started improving. But I just think, you know, you can't argue with Newcastle's form. I'm going yeah. to go for Newcastle. I, I think I'm going for a draw on that one, Aidan, because yeah. I think Leicester uh, are in good form as well. So, uh, we'll see. But I, I see what you mean, Newcastle. Yeah, you'd have to... So they would be favourites with the way the form is, but I think Leicester have got something going there. But I, I think, like like I said though, at the start, you know, this is the first round of fixtures after the World Cup, so it'll be yeah. you know <coughs> players coming back. It'll well, be. Well, you got to remember, most players as well weren't even at the World Cup. Well, that's true yeah, too. So most of them have been training. Yeah. Um, so where there, there was that tournament over abroad as well. Liverpool were in it. There was a tournament going on as well. Yeah, so that I didn't hear about that. But um, so you know, maybe they're. I mean, they were talking about in the World Cup how the World Cup was probably better than normal because the players were fresher. Mm. It wasn't the end of the, the normal season. So maybe some of these players will have got that break as well yeah, they've been training true. but they've not been playing all the time and training so who knows yeah. we'll see we'll soon know in a couple of weeks time anyway how's it all going next game we've got Southampton 19th on 12 points so obviously in uh, relegation troubles at the moment against Brighton 7th on 21 points they've met 10 times in the Premiership only one win for the Seagulls last season both matches were score draws Saints have the worst home form in the Premiership only one win and Saints only one win in the last 10 Premiership matches. So, um, yeah, not looking good for the Saints at the moment. So, Southampton v Brighton. Oh, you'd have to, you'd, you'd have to, I'd have to go for Brighton. Um, you know, they're, they're a good side. They've, they've, been, they've always been a tough side to beat, really. Um, and, of course, with McAllister back for after uh, his exploits with Argentina, he's going to be buzzing as well. So he's going to be, I'd say he'd be hitting the ground running as well. That's as he's playing. Sometimes you find yeah, players some, are rested, but we don't know yet, do we? Or, or he might start on the bench and they might bring him yeah, on. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, I'd have to go for Brighton. And, of course, uh, so that's another thing, Martin, you, you might uh, agree or disagree with me, but... Uh, you know, this is a key. This is a key part of the season that you know where where there's a lot of games coming thick and fast, and it's just after the World Cup. So, you know, a, a lot can be decided at vital, Christmas. Vital, very vital. Um, I remember last season we were talking about how how important this time of year is, and it's it's an extra d element this year with the World Cup. Exactly, so um, yeah. it's going to be interesting indeed. Um, okay, I'm. I think I, I'm going for. Uh, well, that was Brighton and Southampton. I think I'm going for Brighton as well on that one, Aidan. Yeah. No, uh, and then next game we've got is Aston Villa, 12th at the moment, 18 points against Shaw Liverpool, 6th at the moment, 22 points. Poole completed a double last season over Villa. Liverpool only one win in six away Premiership matches this season. So not good form, but uh, who knows now? They might start turning the season around now. Um, but... Aston Villa will be, if he's playing, I'm presuming, will be welcoming back a World Cup winner in Martinez in goal. So who knows, that could inspire Villa as well. That's true. So Aston Villa, Liverpool. Um, I'm going to go for Liverpool on this one. OK, I think we'll go for Liverpool as well. 
And um, then we've got uh, Arsenal, top of the table at the moment, 37 points against w- local rivals and uh, West Ham United, so it's a London derby. Gunners completed the double over their London rivals last season. Only one win for the Hammers in the last 19 Premiership meetings against Arsenal. That is 1995, so not a, a good... Uh, uh, hunting ground against Arsenal. Arsenal are the only Premiership team with a 100% home form record this season. They've played 6-1-6. Hammers have played seven away matches this season, Aiden. They've only won one and drew one and five defeats. Gunners have taken 22 points from a possible 24 points in the last eight matches. So uh, you could say with, with Newcastle, or maybe just behind them because they've played less games, or the team that's in form at the moment. Gunners have only dropped four points out of a possible 40 po- 42 points this season so far, uh, and that's why they're top of the table, because uh, that's not what we, we, we would be expecting of an Arsenal team, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, Arsenal-West Ham. You'd have to go, I'd have to go basically on form and, like, you know, if, uh, when you see what we, we, we'd normally expect from... Uh, West Ham, they haven't been they've haven't been in that form this season so far. They might have won the odd game, but they're not as convincing, they're not as no. good this season. Arsenal top of the table. They're not top of the table for no reason. No, no. Um you know the the they've good form. Um yeah, you'd have, I have, you'd have no I have Arsenal. no doubt West Ham will come good again though. They will, but at the at the moment it's very hard to see past uh, mm. past Arsenal in this I just week. hope it's not this weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh next okay, I'll I'll go for Arsenal as well. And then next game we've got Chelsea amazingly only 8th in the table on 21 points uh, playing Bournemouth for 14th uh, Cherries took 4 points off the Blues last season winning this fixture 1-0 away at Stamford Bridge Bournemouth have won 3 of the last 5 Premiership matches that they have played at Stamford Bridge so they're not, they don't seem to be phased by going to uh, uh, Chelsea Blues only 1 defeat uh, in six matches at home this season. Bournemouth only one win in seven away matches this season. Blues no wins in the last five matches. That's why we find them in eighth position at the moment. So, uh, yeah, Chelsea-Bournemouth. Um, I'm going to go for Bo- I'm going to go for Chelsea, I mean. Yeah, okay. Chelsea. I will as well, but uh, nothing surprises me in this... Uh, what could come out of that match? Uh, next game, we've got Man United, fifth at the moment, 26 points against uh, Nottingham Forest on 13 points. Uh, they're 18th. Last time these two sides met was February 1999, Aiden. An 8-1 away victory for the Red Devils. And a certain Oli uh, Gunnar Solskjaer scored four goals in 10 minutes. That's got to be Some a player. Uh, met ten times in the Premiership. Only one win for Forrest. United only one home defeat in, a, in six this season. Forrest have the worst away form at present in the Premiership. Played seven, won zero, drew two and lost five. That's two points out of a possible 21 points. So they're, they're definitely not good on their travels. Forrest has only scored one goal away all season. Man United Forrest. I'm after going to go. I'm going to go for uh, Man United, and I do think for the remainder of the season, I could be ra- I could be wrong here, but I think our, I think Man United will be a better team now that uh, Ronaldo is gone. I think there'll be none of that negativity in the in the camp. So I think mm. Ten Hag will have got you, you know. I I think he's he's get, starting to get the best out of them. I think 
like I said, Ronaldo was kind of blocking that to a certain extent, you know. So I think now with him gone, I think the, I think Ten Hag can get the best out of this this United team. I think he's. I think uh, yeah. I think Man United will win this one. I'm not convinced it's, it's all about Ronaldo myself, but we'll time will tell. We'll see how they do. You could be right. Yeah, because I mean, he he was kicking up. I mean, he was even kicking up during the World Cup against Portugal, against uh, yeah. uh, you know for for uh, Portugal as well. Now, look, he is coming towards the mm-hmm. look. We've we've spoken about this. He is coming towards the end of his career. Yeah. He's 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 at that stage of the career where he's always going to, where he's going to be on the bench and brought on. He has to accept that. That's the nature of football. Mm-hmm. Clubs will be looking at looking at younger players. So will uh, their their. You know, countries will be looking at younger players coming through, and he's going to—he's always going to be a bit part, but uh, still has a lot to offer. But kind of from the bench, I think. Yeah, um, I will go for Man United um, as well. And then finally, we've got uh, on Wednesday, the twenty-eighth of December, we've got Leeds who are fifteenth on fifteen points of playing Man City. Uh, many uh, favourites with most people, I'd say, uh, in the Premiership. And uh, you can't deny them. I mean, yes, they are five points behind, but we know the quality they've got. They're second at the moment on 32 points. Last season, Citizens won both matches, scoring 11 goals, and Leeds didn't score a single goal. Man City only one defeat in six away matches this season in the Premiership. Leeds, Man City. <laughs> you couldn't go. You couldn't see beyond Man City really in this one. That's true. Yeah, I'll go for that. I'll just check on my prediction there, Aiden. Now uh, I've gone for Brentford, Tottenham a draw, Palace to beat Fulham, Everton beat to beat Wolves. I've gone for a Leicester, Newcastle draw, uh, Brighton to beat Southampton, Liverpool to beat Villa, Arsenal beat West Ham, Chelsea uh, to beat Bournemouth, Man United, Forest, and Man City to beat Leeds. At the moment, Aiden, it stands. Martin, I'm on six, and you are on three. So we'll just go down a bit further here now. Now we'll b- better move on to the NFL American football. It's definitely hotting up now because we're coming towards the the playoff stage of the this American football, and. Uh, here are the results from week 15. San Francisco 49ers 21, Seattle Seahawks 13, Indianapolis Colts 36, Minnesota Vikings 39, a f- terrific game. Uh, Baltimore Ravens 3, Gl- Cleveland Browns 13, another terrific game coming up. Miami Dolphins 29, Buffalo Bills 32. And the Philadelphia Eagles are still soaring. They uh, scored 25 against the Chicago Bears, 20. Kansas City Chiefs, 30. Houston, Texas, 24. Dallas Cowboys, this is probably a big surprise of the weekend. Dallas Cowboys, many favorites to win the Super Bowl, 34. Jacksonville Jaguars, 40. Detroit Lions, 20 New York Jets 17 so Detroit Lions have still got a chance for the playoffs they started the season I think Aiden they lost 6 of their first 7 games and I think now they've won their last 6 or 7 games on the trot so uh, they're coming good Atlantic Falcons 18 New Orleans Saints 21 Pittsburgh Steelers 24 Carolina Panthers 16 New England Patriots 24 Las Vegas Raiders 30 Arizona Cardinals 15 Denver Broncos 24 Tennessee Titans 14 Los Angeles Chargers 17 Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals 34 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers 23, New York Giants 20, Washington 12, and Los Angeles Rams 12. A timely win for Green Bay Packers got 24. So the top of the divisions at the moment for week 15 are as follows. AFC East, Buffalo Bills 11 and 3. AFC North, Cincinnati Bengals 10 and 4. AFC South, Tennessee Titans 7 and 7. AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they're through to the playoffs, 11 and 3. That's 11 wins and 3 defeats. NFC East, we know Philadelphia Eagles are already through to the playoffs. They won again, 13 and 1 now. Minnesota Vikings looking good in the NFC North, they're 11 and 3. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even despite them losing again, they've won six, lost eight, but they're still top of the NFC South. And San Francisco 49ers are going well as as well. They're what they're ten and four at the moment. So week sixteen matches coming up are Jacksonville Jaguars v New York Jets, Cincinnati Bengals for New England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons v Baltimore Ravens, Detroit Lions v Carolina Panthers. Buffalo Bills v Chicago Bears, New Orleans Saints v Cleveland Browns, Seattle Seahawks v Kansas City Chiefs, New York Giants v Minnesota Vikings, that would be a terrific game, should be, Houston, Texas v Tennessee, Washington v San Francisco, this could be another classic as well, Philadelphia Eagles v Dallas Cowboys, Las Vegas Raiders v Pittsburgh Steelers, Green Bay Packers and Miami, that's another good one, Denver Broncos v Los Angeles Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers v Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Chargers v Indianapolis Colts. That is all from me, Aiden. And I suppose looking at that now, like you said, like you said the last there before last weekend, last week, uh, you know it's getting closer to the playoffs now for obviously for the Super Bowl. How do you how do you feel it's shaping up now, um, Mart? At this stage, it's getting closer, so it's kind of it's getting. It, it, is it getting any easier to kind of predict and see? No, who's this is the way. This is the way this is. You see, you can have the team like Philadelphia Eagles, who mm. uh, you know have won thirteen, have only lost one, and they they lost to Washington, who's not doing great at all. But then you've got these teams that are coming into form, mm. you know, like Detroit, like Lions, Minnesota Vikings, very hard to. To, uh, beat them. Dallas Cowboys suddenly lose at home. Now they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. They've got to try to beat them to keep their chances of playoff. Philadelphia, it doesn't matter if they lose, they're still through. So, but they probably want to com- keep the momentum. I picked at the beginning, I, I said uh, Buffalo Bills will go a long way and Kansas, and uh, they're still in there. So, uh, this is the crunch times now. Um, I mean, I watched the the, the highlights. Uh, I think it's on uh, Channel Four, is it? I think it's on. Um, so uh, it's exciting times coming up. So it will gradually, gradually get reduced down to. So if you were to pick their team at the moment, you, most people will say Philadelphia Eagles. But often the best team doesn't always win, unfortunately. And it takes enough. one. It's, it's a yeah. knock. It'll be soon a knockout. You see. Yeah. So uh, and Green Bay Packers are strong. I don't think they're good enough to get anywhere, but. Teams suddenly put a run together, mm. and that's all they need. It's like the FA Cup; they might put a run of games together, and uh, 
and start winning things. So uh, it's it's interesting. So we'll, we'll keep we'll keep people informed of the results as it goes along. That's great. Well, listen, thanks very much, Martin. Um, I'd like to thank you very much for uh, your contribution in 2022. It's been uh, great working with you throughout that, and uh, you know we, we we had many great discussions on soccer and of course the World Cup as well, which we covered. And we hope that the listeners enjoy that. So yeah, I'd just like to wish you and your family a happy Christmas, and we look forward to working with you after Christmas. And uh, yeah, there certainly is uh, some interesting games there to look back on uh, when the after Christmas, I suppose, yeah. since Stephen's day. So Merry, thanks very much, Mark. Merry Christmas to you. And Merry Christmas to listeners. No problem. Thanks very much. And uh, th- thanks very much, listeners. And next up, we have Rugby View, and that's coming up after this. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? You're very welcome to Rugby View with myself, Aidan Raftery. And of course, as always, we have Adrian Leddy from Craig's Rugby Club. Hello, Adrian. How are you? Good afternoon, Aidan. Great to have you on board, as always. And I suppose, uh, yeah, it's coming up to Christmas, and this is the, the last one before the Christmas uh, so I suppose all there's left to do now is look back at uh, 2022 in what was a busy, a busy year for Craig's Rugby Club. Which, um, when you consider that there was the um, the prize draw for the fundraising draw and uh, how successful that was, and of course, the uh, I suppose one of the most important sections of the club, which is uh, which is the mini rugby section, which is I suppose the the future of the club as well, producing the the future players for the club. Yes, uh, uh, you're right, Aidan. On and off the field, it was extremely busy. Um, <clears throat> both, uh, as you rightly said, um, on uh, with with all the rugby and the growth, the, the growth in rugby within Craig's, and also the in relation to our new development and continue and continue to development and the raising of funds for it. So it it kept us all uh, very busy during the the, the last year. Uh, just getting on to um, the mini rugby. The mini rugby is um, going extremely well, um, and uh, it has built up numbers during during the year. And I suppose the the big influx is of of girls taking up the game. And they, I suppose the the advantage of the girls taking up the uh, up the game is having the four G pitch as well that they can come out there. They they love the grounds. They don't get dirty. Um, they and they they seem to really gel into the game and you know it's great to see it developing the girls game in the schools as well and um, you know the numbers um, are, are averaging around 200 um, at, at, at the present time within within the club with, with boys and girls and we have a great team of coaches for all the different age groups and again I want to thank all the coaches that come out there every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock um, uh, give up their time, travel away to matches and blitzes. Um, you know they put a huge effort in, and to all the parents that helps out as well. That's it, and uh, it's great <coughs> to see that uh, you know the um, I suppose the success and the uh, the amount of extra people that are the the extra kids that are taking on. Um, that are taking up rugby, I suppose, in 2022, and uh, it's it's going to be, you know, with the success of the Irish team and how, how well Connors are doing as well, it'll inspire those kids. And I mean, you know, you you, you always welcome uh, new new kids as well into the mini rugby as well. 
I think the the one thing is that it's more their their peers and their 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 friends. They tell one another about it. Why not Why not come along and uh, uh, play the game? And they 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 come out and it just sort of expands from there. And you know, there's nothing uh, like you know boys and girls uh, bringing their own uh, mates and that out, out to the 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 club. And needless to say that they're all all looked after extremely well. There was you know a, a, quite a lot of great blitzes. With, with local teams like uh, Buccaneers, uh, Ballyhonis, Corinthians, uh, Clare Morris, you know, the, 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 and Sligo. You know, they, they travel and they seem to enjoy it. And, you know, once they do, and their parents uh, put in the effort of bringing them to the games as well. So we're very thankful to that. And of course, the blitzes have been have been uh, very good for their development as well. And uh, like you just said there, there's been some school blitzes and some club, some uh, Blitzes in the different clubs throughout the year, which is great, and uh, you know they they all stand out, and the the blitzes is what their kids really enjoy. Yes, absolutely, because you know traveling away to games, they they build up uh, friendships because a lot of these. Uh, uh, boys and girls are maybe playing with with other clubs, um, you know, either Gaelic or soccer clubs, and they're all brought in together in 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 Craig's uh, from the large catchment area that uh, Craig's cover. So um, it's a great mix, and you know some of them, as you rightly said, you know they will have friends for life, and they will know people from you know a big area uh, around uh, Craig's and Roscommon into Ballygar, down to Strokestown, um, back into Castlery, Glenamady, Ballygar. You know, it's a great uh, area to, yeah, for people to, to mix and to, to, to know one another. And, you know, when you travel away and play on the same team, you build up a great bond with your fellow players. And uh, moving on to uh, youth rugby as well, and there's been a huge level of success uh, from from I suppose under twelves up to uh, up to under eighteens or under nineteens, both in the boys and the girls. It's great to see how well uh, how well the players have done on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we um, we are very strong at. 13, 14, 15, 16s, um, you know, were very strong at, the, at that particular age group. And, uh, you know, they, they have done very well in their, in their respective leads, leagues. Uh, we have struggled a bit, um, above that. Uh, COVID, um, had a serious effect in, uh, in trying to get, uh, young players back and players that would have, you know, young lads that would have gone off to college and various places just to, to keep in contact with them and keep them, keep them involved. So, you know, know it is always a struggle when you when you get uh, boys and girls uh, the up to 18 now aside to that uh, uh, to, to throw out that the girls are showing up the, the lads that they they have put in uh, two under 18 teams into the Connacht League and both teams are are, are doing extremely well um, in, in, in the Connacht League so again great credit to them great credit to the coaches um, needless to say that if it continues in this vein uh, and, and with the strength and depth that there'll be no time before we're back again with um, a senior team uh, in Craigs and you know it's great to have the, the you know the build up of players coming through uh, from underage up up um, in into the under 18 group and that will strengthen us the, the day that we decide to put out um, a girls uh, senior team within the club 
And that'll be, uh, hopefully that game, that, that day won't be too long. And I suppose, uh, moving on to adult level then. And of course, uh, the first team had a, had a good season. And of course, the development team, uh, the development team is a vital cog, a vital bridge, I suppose, between the youth rugby and getting into the first team. And it proves very, you know, sometimes it mightn't be as, as uh, successful as, as other times. But it's still a, a great learning curve where, where um, I suppose it, it's kind of like senior. It's kind of like under 21s at county level in Gaelic. Uh, you know, it's a great stepping stone for minor players to go from minor to under 20s. And it's a, it's a good bridge into the senior team as well. It's kind of the same as that with, uh, I suppose, the development team or the seconds and into the first. Yes, this um, season for the adult rugby <clears throat> was slow to get off the ground uh, within Craig's um, because uh, their football championships, both in Roscommon and Galway, uh, was, was in full um, full go in, in the month of September and into October. So once um, that was over, uh, we got a lot of our players <clears throat> back and that that was a, a great uh, bo- bonus for for both uh, the first team and for our development team um again uh, we struggled at the beginning of the season uh we went out in the the Carly Cup we got into the semi final of the Carly Cup and lost out to um Westport in the semi final uh, that was disappointing on the day to to lose because we for the last three years, we have uh, won that particular trophy. But all is not lost where the first team now is concentrating uh, very much on the Connacht Junior League. Um, they're now top the top the table uh, going into Christmas, and you know let's ho- let's hope that they will continue uh, that um, the way in in into 2023. Um, we you know as I say, the first game out for for Craig's uh, first team uh, will be the seventh uh, of January uh, against Dunmore. It's a refix um, for the game that was cancelled due to the frost. Um, that will be a tough game. It will be a game that will be in Craig's. Um, and then um, the first team uh, will go in then into the Junior Cup. Uh, the draw was made uh, during the week. And uh, Craig's have drawn Corinthians at home in in the first round. So the first round will be will be played on the 15th of January. And then the following, the following week... Uh, the club will be out again in the in in the cup. So you know there there will be a break between the uh, for the for for the league uh, while some of the cup games are are played off. But the junior cup is a prestigious uh, cup. Um, but Craig's would like to number one uh, hold our position in the league and uh, be there at the top for of the league for the playoffs. Our second team um, again, um, there's a great crowd of lads there in the whole development squad, and um, they're working very hard along with the coaches. The coaches uh, work um, with both the first and second side and. This this has been great for for both teams, and there's a great buzz about the club um, with both teams work, working together along with the coaches. And the second team uh, uh, has shown that, and uh, quite a lot of players um, are developing their their skills at that level. And as you rightly said, uh, Aidan, you know the, it is the springboard for to look at players uh, coming into for the first team. And if you have 
you have injuries on the first team. It's great that you have the development squad there for for players to, to come into the, the first team, that they're getting good rugby at, at various levels. Again, their first fixture will be against Toom. Uh, in fact, uh, they have a refix against Chum in the league, and they have also drawn uh, Chum at home in the in their cup competition as well. That's great, and uh, we we'll be looking further into those as well. Then uh, uh, in the in the new year as well, or as uh, as they're coming up to the games. So uh, I suppose that takes us on nicely to. Um, to Buccaneers and uh, also to Carrick and Shannon Rugby Club and indeed Sligo, three great clubs um, in three great positions. Obviously, you know we all we're all aware of the great structures that uh, that these clubs have. They have a great development. Um, you know they seem to develop some some quality players at underage level, and you can really see that. You know when it, when it comes to the the first team in in all those clubs, the under twenties, as we know, is a, is a, a great uh, is a very good team, and they seem to be going very well this season for Buccaneers. But when you look at Carrick and Shannon as well, they have some some uh, great players as well, and uh, you know it's it's they can only get better as well. Um, so we we go through, I suppose, twenty twenty two with those three clubs. Yes, indeed, at the Buccaneers uh, will start. Um, Buccaneers um, uh, have a change, made a change at the top um, in their structure for their their first team and and, and coaching. Um, they let go the the previous coaches, and Eddie O'Sullivan uh, was appointed as overall head coach. Uh, that seems to have inspired a lot of players uh, within the club and, and and the growth within the club um, do, uh, for for both the, their first seconds and for their under twenties and. Um, the first team are, are going very strong. They did hit a bump um, uh, last week against uh, Nice, where they had to. They were Nice moved the game away from um, their home ground uh, to uh, Tullow to, to to play the game because the the pitch was frozen in Nice, uh, and they had a four G pitch in in Tullow that they played the game. But unfortunately, uh, for Buccaneers, they came unstuck uh, narrowly uh, in in that game against uh, Tull- against Nias. But uh, you know they're still top of the table. They're going into the the new year uh, in a, in a very strong position. Um, their se- second team and under twenties, as you say, are, are doing uh, very well as well. So, Carrick and Shannon, uh, they defeated um, Craig's. Um, uh, Development side, a very, very narrow victory, very close game. Uh, but Carrick um, are, are making strides as well, and particularly they're making major strides at underage level. They just don't have uh, a real home or school that that's taking on rugby for them, so they have to get uh, mini rugby and youth uh, going and try and grow their own players. Um, there because they're relying on a lot of Gaelic lads to come in in into the squad uh, when the Gaelic season is over. So that's you know again very important for Carrick to uh, develop their their youth and underage structure. Uh, against Sligo is uh, uh, going extremely well in the IL. They're around mid mid table at, at at this stage, and again, a Sligo always has a very strong uh, under underage structure, uh, and you know they they've proven that over the years with the amount of trophies that they have won. But they have two um, major um, feeder schools in both the Sligo Grammar and Summerhill, and that's a big uh, that's a big bonus. And they have the regional college as well in Sligo so all these things help 
to within the, within the town and within an area to have the the amount of players coming through and playing a high level of rugby. I suppose you could say the same for uh, Buccaneers as well in that um, they also have, uh, I suppose, in they have St. Kieran's as well, which is a rugby team. And, uh, of course, they, they have own Institute of Technology. Um, you know, so that that's great for, for, the, for the students that are going there. Uh, you know, they can look to, to Buccaneers because, obviously, when you look at Buccaneers and the facilities they have, uh, you know, it's very easy for Buccaneers to attract uh, great talent. Yes, anybody that wants to play at a higher level that comes to college either in 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 Adlone or into Sligo or any place that has regional college, it's a great advantage for a particular club. And you know, if they if they do want to play in in the IL, they have that opportunity because some people, some players feel that maybe that they're above the standard um, within the junior club and they they want to try their hand at at AIL. Now it's a it's another level up for for a lot of these young lads. Some of them make it, some of them don't, and some of them even make it further um, on, into the uh, development squads and into the Connor squad as well. That's it. And uh, moving on to Connacht now as well. Uh, I suppose a bit, a bit of a mixed uh, season for uh, for Connacht uh, this season. But I suppose there's a, a, there's great excitement. Uh, three new players added to the squad. One scored uh, one scored uh, his first try uh, for for Connacht there recently. Uh, it's exciting times for these uh, new young players that have just come into the squad. Obviously, they, they signed uh, new con- they signed contracts there uh, earlier on in the year. This uh, this is uh, it looks like the future of rugby in Connacht is looking well when you see the sort of players that the uh, the academy is producing. Absolutely, and you know the 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 European uh, Challenge Cup, uh, the management in in Connacht have rotated uh, a lot of players, and, and as you said, they have brought uh, quite a lot of good young talent in in from the academies. We have the the two. Uh, Moran lads from from Kiltoom, uh in the squad. They they, they played the, the the last game against uh, Prive away. Uh, the two of them in the second row, and I'm absolutely uh, delighted uh, to to see it. Unfortunately, that particular game, Gavin Tormley uh, uh, had a, a serious enough injury, and he will he'll he'll be out for uh, some some time. So, you know, this is the this is the. Uh, the thing about rugby that you can get an injury and it can knock you out for the season. But Connor have been doing very well in the they've got two wins already in the in the, the Challenge Cup. Uh, so um they have um, played uh Prive away and they have played Newcastle uh at home. So that's their two victories. So in January they tra- they um have a brief at home in their the first fixture in in the Challenge Cup, and then they travel to uh, play Newcastle. Now the big game is um, uh, tonight um, in 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 the sports ground uh, against Ulster. Both both teams, both teams needs a win. Ulster have come unstuck with um, uh, uh, in the championships in the Champion Cup. Um, you know they. Had to play their game away last week um, uh, against La, uh, La Rochelle. In um, had to go to Dublin. Uh, their their own pitch in Ravenhill uh, was deemed to be frozen and unplayable. Um, that that has caused a big debate within the Ulster and the Ulster fans. 
um, it's something that will have to be trashed out because it's a huge financial loss and that there for Ulster. Um, this will be a very tough game for tonight in the sports ground for Connacht. Um, you know, we, both teams need to win. If Connacht is to pro- pro- progress uh, in 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 the Jorgen in in the cup, they they will have to. Uh, get a win over over Ulster because it is the top um, eight teams uh, that makes it into the the Championship Cup and European Championship Cup and that's why the, this game is uh, so important. It will be a tough physical game up front, but I'm I'm hopeful that um, that Connor will do it. Now they have had, had a, as you rightly said, a mixed bag of a season. They started off the season with uh, very, very tough games. They're very tough fixtures, uh, playing some of the South African teams away, um, playing Ulster away. So, uh, you know, since that, um, uh, they ha- they have settled and uh, Andy Friend um, has changed his position and mo- moved mo- moved up the, 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 the line and more or less taken an overall view of the game. And he also um, announced um, in the last number of weeks that he will be leaving at the end of the season as well. So that would be a serious loss for Conor. Andy, uh, since he came, has made a lot of um, done done very good work for Connacht and he's very well got uh, among the community and uh, and among the supporters of of Connacht rugby. That's it, and of course the the one great addition I suppose for Connacht rugby as well is the addition of the four G pitch uh, on the main pitch, and I suppose that's well bedded in now. And I suppose it, it does take time for the teams to get used to a a new pitch. How how do you feel that that's going, and uh, is it helping their style of rugby, or is it uh, is it just a matter of still kind of fine tuning it because you know it does take time to get used to a four G pitch. It does indeed, and like uh, you know, they would have played a number of games uh, on on four G pitches against other teams. And now, as you rightly says, it takes a while for it, um, for two things for the for the pitch to bed in uh, properly as well, and it's only it's only bedding in, and also for the players to 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 get used to it. So. Um, I think for the style of game, an open type of game that that Connacht rugby plays, uh, the faster game, uh, the pitch will will suit it. And you know, once once they get onto it, and I think that they they will um, by training on it and all now that you can see already that there is a, an improvement in the game, and they'll understand you know that the ball bounces differently on a four G pitch than on a grass pitch, and you know it's a, it's a it's a 